0: You're tuning in to the Elder Law Coach podcast, the definitive resource for attorneys delving into the world of elder law. With your host, Todd Watley, a certified elder law attorney, past president of the National Elder Law Foundation, and renowned coach with a quarter century of specialized experience. Whether you're an established attorney looking to refine your expertise, or an emerging lawyer seeking a successful foray into elder law, this is your masterclass. Now, let's get started with the luminary in the field. Here's Todd Whatley.
1: That's right. This is the Elder Law Coach Podcast. My name is Todd Whatley. And as always, I'm extremely thankful for everyone who listens. And today, I'm super excited because I have two guests on that are experts in finances and business and just the the things that I'm not strong on. And so they are here to help me personally, but I think this will also help y'all too, to think about things f- not just today, but in the future. Okay. Thinking about your practice, how your practice is doing now and how you should be thinking about the future. And so welcome guys. Uh, my first guest is Joel Hauser. Hey Joel. And Ian Weiner. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Tell us just a little bit about yourselves and and how you can help us today. Uh,
2: I'll get us kicked off here. My name is Ian Weiner. I'm a certified financial planner and I specialize in working with uh with families and business owners in um making sure that they maximize their wealth. Now I consider wealth your time, your energy, your assets. And your attention. These are, these are finite resources that everyone has. And so we want to spend them well. So I help, uh, families and businesses to maximize their, their wealth and be as efficient as possible with taxes. Wow. And in a lot of cases, uh, what that looks like is we set up a team. And this is a kind of a, a new concept for the industry. It's not for, for a lot of folks. It's not a new, new concept in general. Uh, and so I help, my clients create what we call a wealth team. So that consists of uh, you know, a financial planner that's going to consist of maybe an investment person, typically an estate planning attorney, if they have a business, is going to be a corporate attorney as well. Um, sometimes a banker, uh, real estate folks, investment folks, insurance specialists. And all of these specialists are A players and they're going to communicate together and work together for my client. Wow. And so- we talk about, okay, you don't have to be an expert in every field. And I appreciate the candor with that, Todd, mm-hmm. because this is really the case. Sure. You know, especially attorneys are experts in what they're an expert in. Mm-hmm. And they understand the value of delegating and outsourcing those other areas. Sure. And so that's what I help my clients do. I help them to, to delegate those areas, but I help them to manage that team. Yeah. So they... The, the team is working together for them, but they don't necessarily have to be in every single meeting. Mm-hmm. And if there's a financial matter that comes to them, whether it's a, a pitch of a product, whether it's a professional trying to get their business or, um, you know, it's a, it's a problem. They throw that over the fence to us and we either evaluate it or handle it for them and they don't have to worry about yeah. it. And so Joel is one of the specialists that I work with
3: yeah I'm Joel Hauser I am actually a certified exit planning advisor um, and, and all that means is we we've bought and sold and, and advised on buying and selling lots of businesses over the years um, I spent the first part of my industry experience a, a little over a decade in the family office space um, and and as Ian said this is this is something that that we have found um, a lot of business owners you know not even just from a, an attorney aspect but business owners in general you know they focus on the operation of their business. They focus on the day-to-day. Um, and they Sales, don't, really. They don't necessarily focus on their business. Um, and and attorneys really are no different in that. Attorneys are, are looking at billable hours. They're looking at obtaining clients um, and and very often have not looked at the aspect of their business itself and and creating an optionality in the business of how do we exit this practice? How do we make this practice worth? Uh, enterprise value without, without us as the attorney that's sitting in there generating it, what does that look like? And so that's part of what we do is we come alongside and, and look at what the options are and how do we create those intentionally moving forward. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you're selling your practice externally. It may be an internal sale. It may be an external sale. Um, having your business ready to be sold as a business at any point in time is just good business.
1: Well, I was just going to say, so there's probably some of these folks listening they're like i just started my practice that is way down the road why should i be worried about that now but you're saying and it's it, it is definitely true having an eye toward selling this eventually will make you a better business person now absolutely talk about that just
3: yeah uh, I, you know and <laughs> we see this all the time companies will come to us and say okay i think i think it's time for us to sell well, the time to decide that it's time for you to sell is not when you're actually selling the business. It, it needs to be <laughs> at least three to five years before. But um, you know, just good business practices as far as you know, we need to go in with them and take that time to clean up the practice, to clean up their books, to go through financials, to do you know, backcasting and forecasting. But those are things business owners should be doing all the time. Sure. Um, and most people have no idea what their business is worth. You know, they've got some idea in the back of their mind. You know, getting a true business valuation of your company needs to be something that happens on a regular basis. We usually recommend to to our corporate clients that it's done every two years, um, you know, just to, to keep it there, to keep it fresh. And there are ways to adjust that valuation just by internal practices on, on how the business is run. Those have enterprise value to the company. Those make it more attractive really? to prospective buyers. Um, and, and certainly if it's going to be an internal transfer, is there a way that over the next 10 to 15 years we can set it up so that the internal employees have the ability to buy out, you know, the generation 1 owners. That's something we want to start now. And even if they don't do it, it just means there's money there that the company itself retains and holds to either buy out the generation 1 attorneys. Mm-hmm. Or to not to use it as a as a retention or a bonus program um, for the existing attorneys. You know, should you stay? Those are all just good business practices. Interesting.
2: This is just planning in general. I mean, a, a lot of the the folks that are listening to this do do estate planning and elder law, mm-hmm. and the best time to do that is sooner rather than later. Always. Yes. And we're creating plans for our clients, that thinking of stuff down the road, and making sure there aren't you know roadblocks or obstacles or huge problems. Mm-hmm. We should take the same approach to the business, yeah. whether it's a, you know, there's, there's like kind of three levels, right? There's the lifestyle practice that some folks have. It's built around them. And if they weren't here, the value of the business is essentially zero mm-hmm. because they have the relationships and they do most of the work. Mm-hmm. There's not necessarily anything wrong with that. You just have to understand what you're building. Yeah. And you know, there's small small practices, maybe a couple of of partners that are working together, small team. Um and then, you know, as that as that grows, it becomes a little bit more complex, the more layers that you have. But the same that what's so beautiful about business is the same principles, the same things apply to all of them to increase, you know, enterprise value to increase um the ability for the practice to be sold if that's the goal or to be transferred. Mm-hmm. And so you know it's it's doing the basics really really well mm-hmm. but most folks aren't taught that and i think for many attorneys that's very they're taught how to practice law yeah not how to run a business
1: i know a number of times when an attorney just worked and we attorneys it's it's not physically laborious you know you can do it well into your mm-hmm. very later oh. years and those attorneys have just died and if you're a solo practice, the state bar comes in when the attorney dies and takes over those files, farms out those files, you sell the tables and chairs and lock the door and you're done. Yeah. Yeah and there's zero money there or if they retire they're just like okay I'm done who wants my clients and you know they just hand them out and they go sit on a beach somewhere getting zero money where I'm like oh my god I, I know there's some value there there can be some value there so how do you go from what I just talked about to selling this for money and you know having people come in and take over your practice
3: yeah there's a lot of things especially from the legal field that get overlooked and, but that do have value. So there, that there is value in the practice. And a lot of that has to do with your systems, um, your marketing systems, how, how you retain clients. Um, you know, law firms are famous for, you know, using last names to name the law firm, but, uh, you know, especially in, in the elder law field, I mean, that is, that is a saleable practice. Once it's, it's up and developed, you know, what the concept is, what the process is, that's, that's what you're selling. You're selling the effectiveness of of that business and of that practice, um, and and we kind of walk alongside I think this you as a brand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's exactly, exactly what it's you're doing
2: well. All
1: right, so I'm making a note: Todd Watley, PA, now becomes <laughs> <laughs> something besides Todd Watley, PA. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Okay,
2: you you this is a, but this is a perfect example. Yeah, and, perfect. You know, we can, and, and I appreciate the candor, letting us use this as an example. But if Todd Watley is not involved in Todd Watley, PA, what is it?
1: It's nothing. Yeah,
2: it's not. It's it's yeah, not. Yeah, and and I
3: actually made the reference uh, earlier in the day. Um, dental practices. I mean, they're they're. You're, you're watching the transition with dentists because they're getting smarter about how they manage their business. But you know, a used to be by name and by name only as sure. well. Mm-hmm. Now you drive down the highway and you see all kinds of brands. Yep. And and they are making themselves enterprise value and a saleable business at that point in time, because a dentist is the same way as an attorney. You know, it's got to be another dentist that takes over the practice. Um, I've got a good friend of mine whose dad was a dentist for 40 years, um, locked the door, closed uh, up for a day, went, sat in his car, didn't even shut his car door, had a heart attack and died. There was no business plan though. So you know, my, my friend has to get up the next morning and and go and unlock the door of the practice and try and figure out what do we do? And is this a saleable business? Um, and and they did ultimately end up selling it, but you know, they sold it for $400,000 when
2: if they had used the the process and the systems and built those, it could have been a couple million.
3: Yeah. And likewise, I've got another client that uh, is, is a dentist as well, but he has branded his, his practice. Um, and he's actually, Franchised out his brand at this point now. Um, and, you know, he's got an enterprise value of $7 million on on a dental practice. Well, that didn't used to happen. But we're starting to see that same transition in the legal field as well. Um, you know, making, making something a saleable practice. Whether you sell it or not is irrelevant. Sure. But making something that has enterprise value that goes beyond, you know,
2: how fast you're willing to run and put in the hours. Interesting. And for a lot of folks, where it starts is and when you're in the trenches when you're building something or when you're just used to doing day-to-day stuff that you're doing you don't think about this but but sitting down asking the question what do you want to happen you know maybe the traditional retirement is not what someone wants but do you want to continue to be putting your hand to work in the same way that you are now indefinitely sure and maybe the answer is yes but can we can we optimize that for tax efficiency can we make sure that if something happens you know where you're not able to practice in the same way mm-hmm. you know you're still going to be you're not going to be destitute i mean these are all concerns that we've got to think about but maybe you do want to sell the practice mm-hmm. at some point maybe it's not right now but if you if you start out saying okay i want to sell the practice we can build it from the ground up much easier with, with a sale in mind, by laying the right foundation and, and building with that in mind, what, what ends up happening with professional service businesses most of the time is they, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, you got to sell if you're in a professional service, whatever your service is. And so those types of folks end up, you know, they're, they're focusing on selling, they're focusing on servicing their clients. And the the business isn't so much a business, it's just their their personality. And so we've got to add a little bit of structure. We've got to add a little bit of process and operation so that if they wanted to step out, someone else could step in and the business still exists. And
3: continue yeah. that process. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant when I said in the beginning, you know, your processes and your marketing systems. I mean, those are all tangible pieces of the business that do have value. Those have enterprise value if set up properly so that, like you mentioned, someone can come in and step into that. Footprint and, and become that person or be that person. Whether that's a larger firm that comes in and takes it up, um, or, or it's, I mean, even a sole practitioner to a sole practitioner, would you have rather started out as an attorney on your own by yourself, or would you have rather walked into a practice that was already up, thriving, and the systems were in place? You're able
2: to make a, a great deal to come in and buy it and, and grow it from there. I mean, that's another piece that we haven't we haven't talked about. But there's this there's this movement right now called ETA, Entrepreneurship Through Acquisition. And this is sweeping all the big business schools right now, because if you can, if you can walk into an established business Mm -hmm. and purchase it and grow from there, it's much more efficient than trying to start it yourself. Mm -hmm. And so there's two sides of this, right? There's the side of, okay, you could build the business to sell and do it again. Or you could think about, okay, if I build a business, I can acquire other similar practices and incorporate them into the business. If you have the systems, the marketing, the operations to be able to do that, you can double, triple your revenue almost overnight. And there's very competitive financing available for it. So then you really do have a saleable practice. That's not just dependent upon your efforts
1: and your work. Interesting. Yeah. So my practice twice to the same person and I brought him in as a new attorney. And so, yeah, it's much easier to jump on a moving train than to get that train moving. I've spent my entire life getting trains built and moving. And you know, then someone comes and just jumps on and, and just, uh. so anyway, (laughs) yes, I, I do get that totally. So interesting. Well, then the
2: other part that we should talk about too is like, okay maybe you're getting ready to retire or you want to retire someday. Mm -hmm. How do we organize finances so that that's efficient? You know, I I love working with physicians, with attorneys because they are specialists in their field, but the ones that I enjoy working with the most understand that just because they're specialists in their field, they're not specialists in every field Mm -hmm. and competence doesn't necessarily transfer, you know? And so, but they're intelligent and they're smart. They're fun to work with. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Running a business in the United States is probably the best opportunity to pay as little tax as legally possible. It's just the the rules are made for business owners and Mm -hmm. attorneys that run their own practice are business owners. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, there are a number of tax strategies that we can use that sometimes folks do and sometimes they don't just in the day-to-day practice. But also when we're getting a business ready for sale or you want to retire, what if we could optimize the way that you're saving? What if we could optimize the sale of the business so that you can retire and pay as little tax as possible? You know, one of the challenges with law practice is that they're typically set up as partnerships, you know, which is a good thing in some cases and a challenge in, in some other cases. There's some tax advantages and some, some challenges there. So, you know, having traditional quote unquote retirement plans in a law practice can be a little bit challenging. But if you're a solo practitioner, or maybe your spouse works with you, I mean, the the ways that we can save on taxes are incredible, mm-hmm. and
1: folks just don't. It's, it's not. That. It's not
3: about what you make, whether that's your day to day what you make or what you make when you sell the business. It's about what you keep,
1: keeping. Yeah, yeah. keeping is the key. <laughs> and
2: and being proactive on these things can be the difference of this is not an exaggeration. Millions of dollars.
1: Million. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I mean, Joel, you see this all the time when folks are. You know, and usually folks, the traditional way that things happen is folks come to us after they've sold. Right. Or they're getting ready to sell. And then we see it and we're like, <sighs> <laughs> what I would give to have met you two years ago. Sure. Because it could be another zero in a lot of cases. Wow. And these are, we're not, these are not exaggerations. I mean, imagine, you know, think of the, the person in your town. That is the attorney that has been in practice for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. We all have this person, right? Mm-hmm. Or the, the CPA or the dentist and it's them. They're the brand. They've helped everyone's family forever. Mm-hmm. What, what is their business worth? Yeah. It's not because it's just them. Now they mm-hmm. may enjoy it and that's okay. If that's what you want, but, and a lot of times what we see too is the, um, the, the main retirement plan for an attorney is the business, the building that they own. Mm -hmm, They'll buy the building downtown and it'll appreciate over time. Then they'll sell the building or they'll lease it and that'll be their retirement. Mm -hmm. Now that's not necessarily a bad thing, but if we're intentional about it, it could be two, three, four times better.
3: We we can still optimize taxation. Even if, you know, your only intent as, as an attorney is, is to have a lifestyle business that I I don't want to overly complicate it. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's when it becomes really, really important to focus on, okay, how can we optimize your taxes? on an annual basis and optimize your savings for retirement. Cause if it's a lifestyle business, you're, you're not selling it at some point in the future. We, we still need a strategy for how am I going to get out of this business and how am I going to retire? And what's mm-hmm. that going to
2: look like when I quit that year to year saving is arguably more important yeah. in that, in that case, Absolutely, and doing it in a tax efficient way. Um, you know, I mean, I have, I have some attorneys that I'm working with, husband and wife. They um, one works for a bigger practice, the other one started with a smaller one, and they're in, in different fields. Very, I mean, they're top of their field in their in their area, objectively. Um, and uh, the the husband goes, "Hey, should we set up a is it a is it a SEP an SCP?" And he's he is one of the top corporate attorneys in his area, <laughs> and he's like, "Would that be good?" And I'm like, "Well, let's look at it, you know." And so it's like it's okay to get help with this stuff Mm -hmm. to make sure that who wants to overpay on taxes, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so in his case uh, for, for he and his wife um, will end up being able to save them about a hundred thousand dollars a year in taxes.
1: Real money. Conservative. Real money. Yeah. That's real money.
2: And and that, uh, you know, that's not even getting, getting, you know, a little bit more aggressive with that's one move. That's one thing that we're doing. Wow. And for us it's like 101. Yeah. It's very straightforward. Sure. And so, you know, the more time we have with them to actually help them build the business and to grow it, mm-hmm. you know, how much more can that be? So, uh-huh. it's one of those things where it's like the investment in education and getting and building the right team mm-hmm. is worth every penny. Yeah. That that one that one recommendation alone will pay for for us indefinitely.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So if someone's interested in this, if if they do have questions, um, can they just contact me and then I'll farm it out to y'all? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um,
2: That's a piece of cake. You can you can check out. I'm, I'm updating the website right now, but the website is justretirenow.com. So okay. there's some, there's some fun stuff there. But, um, yeah, communicate with Todd. We work very closely with Todd. Yep. Todd is one of the specialists in some of our wealth teams, mm-hmm. you know. And so this is an area where, um, we, we help one another, but we're helping Todd do this with his business. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is, this is definitely a, um, a situation where it's always good to have a team of professionals and to get a second opinion on stuff. I think that's absolutely.
1: Yeah. Piece. So email me at Todd at the dot law coach.com. That is the best way to get me. Um, just email me. Um, you can always call the office at what is now known as Todd Watley PA, <laughs> 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 <What's>, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, get off this and go find a new name. So anyway, no, <laughs> d- yes. Um, call the office or email me at Todd at Todd Wattley, PA. And I would love to help you out with this and, you know, get this thing, get serious about your business, start thinking about the business of business, not just being an attorney. So thank y'all very much for listening and we will see you next time.
0: Thank you for joining this episode of the Elder Law Coach podcast. For those eager to take their elder law practice to new heights and are interested in Todd's acclaimed coaching program, visit www.theelderlawcoach.com. With Todd Watley by your side, the journey to becoming an elder law authority has never been more achievable. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and stay passionate about elder law.